0: Thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page today. <laughs> so good, so good. Well, it's an honor to be here. This is, this is my last session with you guys, and I'm going to miss you guys. And uh, But I am looking forward to seeing my family when I get home. My, my, um, my, my three girls and my wife, and, uh, but it's been such a blast being with you guys, and God's been doing some amazing things, and it's been fun hearing some of your testimonies. Um, many of you have come and shared just how God's touched your lives over, uh, over the last couple of days, and I'm just inspired by that. I loved your testimony, that the four o'clock in the morning wake up. That is awesome. That's amazing. How, and you've been wanting that for so long, and you can just, you just feel that burning in your heart. That is so cool. That's worth the whole trip for me, just, just that one testimony. And there's so many more like that. But um, just hold your hands out in front of you. And Jesus, you are so good. And we love you, and we love your presence. And you're right here. We're not waiting for you to show up. We're showing up, because you were already here. And so we just point our attention to you right now. We point our affections to you right now. We point our, our mind to you, our heart to you right now. And we look to you and we say, thank you that you're here. Thank you that you're right here and you're right here to reveal your love to us tonight. And we just say, God, we're hungry for more of you. Come and wreck us with your love. And where we're broken, come and put us back together again. God, you're so good. We release the angelic in this room. I declare that this is an open heaven, not a closed heaven. I thank you for heaven's activity in this room tonight. I thank you that you are not just an idea, God. You are real. And I pray that you would show yourself real to every single person in this room in the most tangible way. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Well, hey, um, I've just got something which, theoretically, will be short. Um, those are famous last words for me. But uh, if it goes according to plan, it will be short, and um, and then we're just gonna have some fun, and, and and I'm gonna, we're gonna have some time of prayer and ministry, and just see what God wants to do. And I just wanted to begin with um, with really just sharing what I'm gonna to share tonight and then I'm gonna go into more detail. Here's what I wanna to share tonight. God loves you and He's here. God loves you and He's here and He has provided a place for you in Him. That, he, that there, there, is a, there is a space in Jesus' Father's house, who is your Father, that has your name on it. He has gone and, and secured a place for you in the Father. John 14, you have a space to rest in in Him. And it's really tiring to live a life where you're looking for your place the whole time. But it's really awesome to live a life where you're living from your place. It's really tiring to live a life where you're living for love and for acceptance and for this. But it's really awesome when you begin to live a life from love and from acceptance. And from the space, when, there, there are many people on earth right now that are living restless lives, lonely lives, fighting for their way in the world, when Jesus has already fought for your way in the world. He's already provided a place for you that if you would just lean back and choose to accept it, there is a place of rest for you in the Father's presence, and it's available for you tonight. And it is the place that you have been looking for your whole life. If you are still looking for that place, I can tell you where it is and I can tell you the way to get there. His name is Jesus. And it might sound weird, but you just surrender to what he has to say and say, God, I just agree. And I say yes. And when you do, you will find there is that space for you. There is a seat at the Father's table for you. It has your name on it. Jesus has carved it out. He has, he has, it's, it's custom made for you. Your name is on the seat. There's a place for you and Him. And I want to talk about that. I was 19 and I was super lost. I I was as lost as I could have got myself. I tried really hard to get lost and I did a good job at it, got really lost and uh, felt really lonely. I was in the um, deception that I was alone. I was feeling the weight of loneliness. And I grew up in a non-Christian family. My family were atheists. I thought uh, I had never heard the name of Jesus until I was eight years old. I, When someone mentioned the name of Jesus, I thought, are you talking about a toothpaste brand? Like, what, is this the name of another school that I haven't heard of? Or what is this Jesus? And I said, I remember my friend said to me, my other eight-year-old friend, he said to me, what, you, you haven't heard of Jesus? He's like one of the most famous guys in the whole world. You know, Christian, Christianity and church and stuff. And I remember thinking, I can't believe my parents haven't told me about this. I feel like an idiot. All my friends know about Jesus and I have no idea. What a weird name. What a strange name. I've never heard of anyone called Jesus before. And then And then I started to have encounters with with God and God started to open my eyes to the spiritual realm. And um, my next door neighbor, a couple of weeks after that, preached the gospel to me when I was eight years old on my fence. That We were a 10-acre farm and she had a 10-acre farm and she was one day older than me and she was sitting on her fence on a Sunday afternoon. She said, uh, you know what, Matt? And I said, what's going on? Yeah, tell me what? She said, uh, i just got back from church and if you don't believe in Jesus and go to church, you're going to go to hell. That was her version of the gospel for me. I said... Well, I don't even know what hell is for a start, so who cares? And because uh, she never explained that. So anyway, I, that was the first I kind of I heard some kind of vague version of the gospel. I, I don't know how good that good news was, but it was news anyway about Jesus. And um, <laughs> that's not how I now choose to present the good news, and probably she wouldn't either. But anyway, and, uh, and then I sort of went through life. I, I um, had a radical encounter with God when I was 12 years old where he spoke my name audibly three times, and um, I encountered the Holy Spirit. It was, it was pretty radical, pretty amazing. Then I, I'm i just cutting a whole bunch of details out. Then I, I went to church, um, and the reality of the presence of God wasn't really there. Amazing people were there, but I never kind of encountered God there, which was weird to me. I was so weirded out by that. I was like, where is God here? And um, anyway, I kind of lost my way again and went completely off the rails and uh, got messed up in some some stupid stuff. And, um, and then when I was 19, it was October 2001, outside 54 Hobson Road, Albany, on the north shore of Auckland, at 10 o'clock at night, October 2001, inside my black Toyota Levin. And I had my keys in my hand, and I said, God... I'm feeling pretty lonely. I'm feeling pretty messed up. I'm feeling completely restless. And like, I don't know my place in the world. And, and this, is like a, this is like a crossroads for me. I, I don't know which way to go. And if I go towards you, I don't know how to go towards you. And I'm scared of going the other way because it's already pretty bad. And it's only going to get worse. And I, I say, God, if you're real and you really do love me, if you're more than an idea and more than just a religious philosophy, but if you're a real person and you're still alive and you love me, then I'm gonna ask you to come. And if you come, I will give you every centimeter of my life from this point on. Every second from this point on, there is a yes from me. But I need you to come because I can't do this on my own. I can't do this life on my own. And I went to put my keys in my car because I thought there's no way God's going to come. Because I'd prayed prayers like that, not with that level of sincerity, but I'd prayed prayers like that before. And God, to my knowledge, probably He did, but to my knowledge, I didn't experience Him. And I went to put my keys in the car and I just thought, well, I'm just going to drive home and I'm going to start running my life even further into the ground. And I went to turn the keys and this is what happened. This was a shock to me. This completely surprised me. It was like an and suddenly moment. It was like Saul getting knocked off of his donkey. I got I got knocked off of my donkey. And uh, I'm sitting in my car and it was it was as if, the only way I can describe it was it was like as if God had got a vacuum cleaner from heaven and stuck it through the windscreen of my car and sucked all the oxygen out of my car. And replaced all the oxygen with liquid, tangible, felt, real, manifest love. Like the substance of love. Like I could actually take it and eat it. Like it was, it was not air. I, I air wasn't in my car. Now I was not high on any drugs. I was not drunk on alcohol. I was in my complete right mind. And I'm sitting there thinking, what the hang is going on? And then these what it started like it was like a still ocean of love and then it was like waves started coming and the waves of love just started going like powerful love. I realized in that moment, love is the most powerful force in the whole universe and God is love. And And I felt the presence of God just, just going like this force up and down my body, cleansing me of every piece of 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 um, all the addictions, everything that had held me back was just getting washed away. And I found myself becoming a new creation. I literally watched as demonic evil spirits came out of my body, flew through the ceiling of my car and flew across the valley. I mean, that's trippy. I know that's trippy. But if I told you the rest of my story before that, it wouldn't sound so trippy. But... And they were just coming, and I was like getting sick. I was laughing, I was like in hysterical, people think I laugh now. You should have seen me in that car. I was like, a, I was like a, a, a laughing machine. I was just, I didn't know you could laugh that much up until that point. I was laughing, and then I was deeply sobbing and wildly laughing at the same time, which I also didn't think was possible. And so I'm like laughing and the, and the vibrations of my laugh are causing the tears to flick off my cheeks. You know, like it's like, it's like I am messed up right now and I am, the, the presence of God is so strong that I'm stuck to my seat and I literally can't move off of my seat. I mean, my seat's not at a right angle. It's a little bit lean back. And I am stuck to my seat for about 45 minutes to an hour, just getting washed by the presence of God. And in that moment, everything Everything changed in my life. And from that point on, I can say, I knew God. Before that point, I didn't know God. I had experienced God. I had, had visits from God. But in that moment, he, down, he, he put on the inside of me a, a, a consciousness and a, a knowledge of who he is. And I realized, God, I know you. And in that, I realized, God, you know me. For the first time in my life, I feel known. For the first time in my life, I've found what I've been looking for my whole life. I spent 19 and a half years looking for you. And I didn't even know it was you I was looking for. But now that I've found you, I realized that the whole time you had found me, you had never lost me. You'd never lost me. And in that moment, I, I found myself found in Him. And I found my seat at the table. I found my place of rest. I found my place in this world. My place in this world is in His presence. And that's also your place in this world. I realize that, God, you're truly here. And that illusion of separation was taken away from me. Praise Jesus. I realized, God, I'm not an orphan. I'm not lonely. I'm not on my own in this world. You are with me. That's the best revelation anyone, the best Thing that can ever happen to you is to realize that one thing. And Jesus put it like this. His first message was this. Guys, repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. and God doesn't give you an instruction without giving you the grace to follow through on the instruction. He says repent, which he's not expecting you to repent on your own effort and in your own strength. He's saying, hey, I want you to repent. And, and the fact that I'm saying that to you is evidence that I'm actually going to help you do that. That's what happened to me in my car. I wanted to repent, but I needed His help. And He helped me by showing up with His presence. The word repent just means change your mind. Change the way you think. Stop thinking the way you have been thinking and think different. Because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It literally means this. Change the way you, th- change the way you think until you think like God thinks. Change your perspective on life until you have the same perspective on life that God has. See things from heaven's perspective, not from your down here perspective. You've been given the mind of Christ. This is so awesome. Repent, why? Because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Ah! You know, this is awesome that God's in this room, but that's not what God wants to get across to you right now. It's not just that God's in the room because that's not close enough for Him. God's not just in the room because right now the sound desk is in the same room as me. It's in, the, it's in my actual presence and I'm in the presence of the sound desk but that sound desk is not at hand for me because my hand can't reach that sound desk. I don't have access. Standing on the stage, I don't have access to that sound desk. I can't lay hands and, and lay a hold of that sound desk because it's in the room But it's not within arm's reach. The kingdom of heaven is at hand for you, which means it's not just in the room. It's right here. It's on your seat with you. And it's not just the kingdom. It's not just like some miracles, some signs and wonders, a few angels, uh, you know, some joy or whatever else is in the kingdom, all the good stuff. The best thing about the kingdom is the king. The best thing about the kingdom is the king. The best thing about the kingdom is that you get to be a prince or a princess and your dad is the king and he will never leave you nor forsake you. Oh, ho, ho. And you are not alone. You have a seat. And your seat will go with you everywhere you go. It's a moving seat. It's like one of those office chairs with wheels. It just keeps moving. It goes with you everywhere you go. You always have a place. You are never alone. This is good news. This is very good news. This is, this is the better version of the gospel than what I heard when I was eight. <laughs> Psalm 24 says this. It says, lift up your heads. It says, this is the generation of Jacob. Those who seek your face. The generation of Jacob. He's referring back to one single person called Jacob. Amen. He's saying, hey, there was one guy called Jacob And there was something true about this one guy, Jacob, that would be true. He was like a prototype, like a like a um, like a a forerunner, like a foreshadow of what would be true for an entire generation. And you and I are part of that generation. He says, "This is the generation of Jacob, those who seek your face." And then it says, "Lift up your heads, O you gates." It says. If you're, if you're in the generation of Jacob, you're a gate. And when you lift up your head, it says the king of glory will come in. Who is the king of glory? He's the, he's the, he's the Lord strong and mighty. And he's the commander of the armies of heaven, the Lord of hosts. This is awesome. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, that the king of glory might come in. Which is just simply saying, hey, repent for the kingdoms at hand. It's just another way of saying, repent for the kingdom's at hand. Lift it, stop walking with your head down as if you're alone and start walking in a revelation. Start walking in agreement with the truth that you are not alone and that the kingdom of heaven is all around you. And as you lift up your head, you will start to live in the reality and the experience of that truth. Because here's something that's true. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Your experience of reality is not necessarily what's reality. Your experience of reality is what you believe reality to be. Whether that's a lie or it's true is up to you. And when you adjust what you believe, when you adjust the way you think, when you adjust what you believe to come into alignment with what's actually true, then your concrete experience of reality shifts in alignment with what you believe because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. This is also good news. This is also good news because when you learn to lift up your head and you begin to acknowledge and walk in alignment with the truth that God says, which is you are not alone at its foundation, and you are loved and you are wanted, and you have access to all of heaven. When you begin to believe that, your life will begin to come into alignment with that, and that will begin to look like something. This is incredible. When David is writing that psalm, he's referring back to, directly referring back to Genesis 28. He's referring back to the story of the one man, Jacob. And the one man, Jacob, is the story where in Genesis 28, he's walking, he walks into a place called Luz. I talk about this all the time because it's probably my favorite scripture. I love this scripture. I love scriptures where you see people have crazy encounters with God. If I could give you one little side piece of advice, Read your Bible and read the stories of all the crazy encounters with God. Just, just do a study on people who encounter God in the Scriptures. It's super fun. It's so fun. And what you look at, you'll end up looking like. So if you want to start having more encounters, start reading about more encounters. And so he's walking through this place that's called Luz, which means almonds. Like a nut. It's a place of nut trees. It's nothing special, Just nuts. And when you're not aware that God's with you, everything feels like nuts. He's in this place and and he says to himself, listen, I'm pretty tired. I'm on a journey. I'm going to have a sleep. So he does a weird thing. He gets a stone, puts it under his head, uses it as a pillow, which is very strange. Puts it at his head and he goes to sleep. And as he goes to sleep, he has a dream. And in the dream, he notices that the heavens are open and there's a ladder set up. And on the ladder, the angels of God are are ascending and descending on the ladder. And it's an incredible dream. More things happen in the dream. And this is such a powerful dream, by the way, that it shifted the entire course of world history. And it's part of the reason why you're sitting in this room right now. So you've got to understand, this is not just some kind of like vague test. This is like a a history-making experience that someone had. This is a pretty powerful encounter. He wakes up in the morning, and this is what he says. So powerful. He says, surely God was in this place, and I didn't know it. This is none other than the house of God, the gate of heaven. And then David writes about in Psalm 24, he says, lift up your heads, O you gates. In other words, remember Jacob, remember that this isn't Luz, man. This isn't Luz, this is the house of God and you are the gate of heaven. This isn't just a place of just nut trees. There's, There's more than meets the eye in your life. The reality of your existence is bigger than you think it is. There are more with you than against you, whether you know that or not. Oh my gosh, all of heaven surrounds you everywhere you go. You are a walking open heaven. You are a walking revival. Now, if, you're not in a, if you haven't learned to believe that, you won't be experiencing the concrete reality of that, but it doesn't mean it's not true. It's still true. You have an open heaven all around you. You have 24-7 access to all of who He is. You're a son and daughter in the house. There's a space for you in the kingdom. And as you learn to lift up your head, as you learn to lay your head down on that rock, you begin to experience what has always been true. What is that rock? That rock is this this word. And if you've heard me speak before, which some of you have, you may have heard me mention this word before. It's this word, the Hebrew for that word stone that Jacob laid his head on. is a prophetic word and it's the word aban. Abba is a compound word made up of two Hebrew words, Abba and Ben. Abba is dad. It's the Hebrew for dad. Ben is the Hebrew for son. And it's a prophetic picture of the father and the son fused and unified and completely joined together as one. That you can't tell where the son ends and the father begins and the father ends and the son begins. Because they have been made one, and it's a prophetic picture of a generation that would learn to rest its head, that would learn to surrender its trust, that would learn to just say, "You know what? Stuff of God. I believe what what I believe what you say." If I'm a son and you have promised to never leave me nor forsake me and you're one who never ever breaks your promise, then I just choose to believe that I rest my head on the stone. I rest my head on this revelation. It's a revelation that Peter had in Matthew, in Matthew 16 where he says, Jesus says, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, well, you know what? You're the son of the living God. And Jesus says, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, Peter, but my Father who is in heaven. And he says, upon this rock, I will build my church. And it's possible that he actually used the word "aben" there. Upon this rock, I will build my church. And it would make sense if he used the word "aben" because this is one of the clearest pictures of "aben" in the Scriptures. Peter's looking at the sun and he's like, wow, what is going on, man? I'm looking at you, Jesus, and all I can see is the Father. And the Father is revealed in the Son. And so He sees the Father. And as He sees the Father, all He can see in the Father is the Son. Because the Father has revealed the Son only because, first of all, the Son revealed the Father. And He's stuck. What is He stuck up in? What has He found Himself caught up in right now? He's found Himself caught up in a stone. He's found Himself caught. He has found Himself resting on a stone. He's found Himself like, oh my gosh, I can see that you are one with the Father. Upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail. I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. In other words, I give you authority to bring heaven to earth. I give you authority to bring change on the earth. Where you see darkness, I give you authority to shine light. What does authority rest on? What is the resting place for authority? It is your revelation of sonship. It's the revelation of oven, It's the revelation that Peter had. It's the revelation that Jacob had. It's the revelation that David had when he reached his hand into the stream, pulled out five smooth ovens, and slayed Goliath. It wasn't just a stone. That was an oven. That was a revelation. I'm a son with a big, wow, amazing dad who comes with me everywhere I go. I'm never alone and I always have a place. What does that do? You all of a sudden find out that you have access to a whole entire kingdom that is superior to anything in this world. I love this. I love that. And I love, I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna open this space up in a moment to pray for people. And I'm gonna be praying that there'll be an impartation of, if I could just simplify it in this way, an urban impartation. That God would literally take that stone and put it in you like he put it in me when I was walking around Lake Wanaka one day. And I was walking around Lake Wanaka, and I said, I was just walking with the Lord, and as I was walking with the Lord, He started to open my eyes, and I started to, now this might seem weird, and I'm only marginally apologetic if it does sound weird, but I am marginally apologetic. And, and uh, some of you it won't sound weird, but I started to see angels. And, um, and there were Angels. With me, And they were huge. It was like the movie Transformers where those Transformers are trying to hide behind the buildings and they're too big. And they were like these big angels. And they were like, it was like they thought they were hiding from me, but they were hiding behind these poplar trees with no leaves, you know. And I was like, I can fully see you. I can't believe you think you're hiding from me. And, and then one of them came down and they had these like childlike looks on their faces. They weren't like big fierce angels. They were massive, but they were like having so much fun. And they were kind of... Um, Shy around me, it was like, it was like I was someone special, and and they were like, oh my gosh, look who it is, oh my gosh, and it was like not Matt Lansdowne, it was like oh my gosh, it's a son, it's one of the sons of God, and they and he and one of them came down and he had this big now I'm watching this, so I'm, this is not like an everyday experience for me, this is like a a pretty marker moment for me, he pulls out this red ruby, perfectly cut big red stone, and says, this is the greatest treasure in all of heaven. And we angels, we can't, we can't hold on to this. This is only for the sons and daughters. And this I want to give to you, and God wants to give this to you. And this is called the aben stone. This is where I started to get the revelation of this. And he said, I want you to hold this, and I held it, and it went into my chest. And something shifted in my life. Right then, the angels kind of disappeared or at least I stopped seeing them and I kept walking around the path. I walked into, I was with some friends of mine from Tiano and we were doing some stuff in Wanaka down there and uh, my friend said to me, Matt, I, I want you to pray for me. I want to receive an impartation. I just want what's on your life. I just want you to pray for me because what God put on you, I, want, I wanted to put it on me. Could you lay hands on me? I said, bro, what I'll do, man, is I'll just stand here. I'm just gonna open up my heart I'm gonna open up my spirit. I'm just gonna say, mate, you have access. You just receive what you wanna receive. You just look in the spirit and he knew what I was talking about. You just look in the spirit and you just receive what you wanna receive. And I hadn't told him about this encounter at all. I mean, I just had it. And he, re- he kind of, with his actual hand, he reaches out, he like, he touches my chest, you know, and he's like, it's like he's grabbing something out of my spirit and he pulls it back into, his, into him and I don't know why did they? they just did it. And, um, and then God started to come over him. And he's just like, wow. He's like having this encounter with God. And he's tripping out. And I, I, uh, I, after he opened his eyes, I said, so what did you receive? And he's like, bro, man, man, it was amazing. I, I looked into you. I closed my eyes and I, I got a vision of what's in your spirit. And I saw right at the front, I saw this big red stone. And I thought, man, I'm going to receive that. I just grabbed it and something's happened in my heart. I said, no way. I literally just received that. I'm walking around the lake. I just, just received that. He said, yeah, it was right at the front. And and I learned in that moment, this is something that can be imparted. This is something that's not just for me. It's actually for a generation, a generation of Jacob. And I love impartation Because I know that if you steward impartation, you can have a tree. You can have a whole loving tree. And I just want to share a couple of impartation stories and then pray for you. I was in a a city in New Zealand a little while ago, and I was sharing something along these lines. And uh, there was a person down the back. And forgive me if you've heard this story before, but I like this story. And so you'll like it a second time if you've heard it. But... I was in this, in this um, church and there's a person down the back and we just went into some healing time and she had a hearing aid. She was deaf in one ear. She took her hearing aid out, couldn't hear anything. Her friend prayed for her and her ear just went, poof, popped and she got completely healed. She got all of her hearing back. She stuck her hearing aid in her pocket. because She doesn't need it anymore. And she ran up to the front and you know how, you, you know, Gideon was just telling me like, we don't normally give the microphones to people when they, when they give testimonies, which we do the same in our church because someone can take half an hour with the microphone. They just steal the whole show. And so I've got, I'm like trying to hold the microphone and she grabs it and she's wrestling it out of my hand. And I'm like, hey, 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 stop it. <laughs> stop it. And, and she, rest, she gets it out of my hand. She literally wrestles it. She like Kung Fu kicks me in the knee, wrestles it out of my hand and she starts sharing this testimony. And she's like, oh my gosh. We're like, I'm like, okay. We're gonna need an interpretation for whatever that was. Slow down to tell us what happened. And she starts excited, eh? Oh, my, I was deaf, and now I can hear, and she's crying. And it was awesome. She comes up to Whangarei, to my city, a few months later, and she says, Oh, I've got to tell you the rest of the story. And I said, What happened for the rest of the story? She said, It was amazing. I went to the supermarket straight after that church service. And straight after she got healed, we released an impartation for signs, wonders, and miracles, and for for people to walk in an awareness of God's presence, which is just oven, to walk in their place called home. And she got wrecked. She got she just received it. But I said, listen, don't come up here unless you're going to do something with it. And so she's like, well I'm going shopping after this. So she's shopping in the supermarket. She gets all the stuff in her trolley and she goes to the checkout aisle and the person behind the checkout counter says to her, she's got a big queue behind her, says, how was your night? Ooh, that's a good question to get asked. And uh, she says, oh. "See this? That's my old hearing aid from tonight. I used to need this to hear, but my ear popped open. Jesus healed my ear. I can hear. And yesterday I couldn't hear. Today I couldn't hear. I went to church. They prayed for me, and Jesus gave me new hearing." And she is so excited. And then all of a sudden she notices, oh, my gosh, you've got a hearing aid. And she says, yeah, I've got a hearing aid. And she's like 10 people, you know, queued up, awkward, a little bit awkward. But she remembers, don't you come up here unless you're going to use it. Okay, okay. So she says, listen, I'm going to pray for you. Now, by the way, she hasn't been to the Healing the Sick School. She hasn't been to BSSM or Kingdom Life School or any other ministry school. She hasn't even been to the Sonship Conference in Christchurch. She hasn't been to any of these kinds of things. She, she hasn't prayed for the sick before. She's just been healed, but she hasn't got the method of how to do it yet. So all she knows is what happened for her. So she says, listen, well, in the name of Jesus be healed, which is all that we did. In the name of Jesus be healed, amen. And she's thinking, all these people, gosh. And then, okay, oh, well, have a great night. Okay, cool. And she doesn't even get the instruction of get them to check it out. You know, she hasn't even got that far yet. So she just leaves her there and leaves. She's telling me the story. And she said, well, you know, that was cool. And she was proud of herself just for stepping out, whether there was uh, a healing resulting in that or not. She took risk and God was happy with that. That's awesome. She was stoked on just the fact she took a risk. And I would have been stoked just right there. That's awesome. Anyway, she said, "I went back the next week after the, the next Sunday church service at night, and I went back to the same supermarket, which is just when I do my shopping and i did this did the shopping and uh, went down the checkout aisle and I'd totally kind of forgotten about this this girl and but oh my gosh, it's the same girl i've just found myself in the same checkout. This is awesome and she 's thinking i 'm going to just see how she 's doing. She gets to her um she gets to the, to the girl, and the girl said, oh, my gosh, it's you. And she said, yeah, I know. I'm in the same checkout aisle. It's you. And she says, yeah, oh, wow. When you left, something went crazy in my ear, so I took my hearing aid out, and I got all of my hearing back. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? And then she said, but it didn't stop there. Honestly, come on, man. This is why I'm doing what I'm doing. Not to do a few party tricks, but to release an impartation that would empower a generation to go and live like Jesus lived. To live out their sonship, to live out the fact that you're a child of God, to live in the reality of Aben. And she said, well, you know, the next day after my air opened up, I was so overwhelmed by that, that I was at work and this old man came up and he had a walking frame. And I said, well, you know, that lady prayed for me. So maybe I could just pray for her. We don't even know if she was a Christian. And so walking with the walking frame and uh, she says, what's going on with you, sir? And she's, uh, he's a customer of hers. So she's meant to not be doing this probably. And um, he says, well, I need reconstructive knee surgery and I'm booked in actually to have it tomorrow and I'm bone on bone and I can't walk without this walking frame because it's too painful. And she says, well, guess what happened? This lady came up to me last night after a church service and her ear had just been healed. She was deaf. She prayed for me and my deaf ear got healed. And that was amazing. And so I figure if that happened to both of us, why don't I just pray for you? And he's like, yeah, it makes sense. And so she leans over the counter and she says, in the name of, now she hasn't been to the healing school. I don't even know if she's been to church. Maybe she's like me at eight years old. She hasn't even heard the name of Jesus. I don't know. But she's just there and she says, Well, she did this, and I'm just gonna do this. And there was a name, Jesus, that she used. So in the name of Jesus, be healed. He freaks out, throws the walking frame away, starts, starts jumping like, like jumping up and down. He's completely healed to the point where she's leaning over the counter, right? She's not in the aisle with him. He jumps over the counter picks her up in the air and he's like, what did you do to me? What did you do to me? And he is just absolutely overwhelmed with the love of God that's touching his life through this girl that we don't even know if she's a Christian, but she received an impartation. There's something of a substance. There's something of of a reality that can just jump onto your life and change the way you live. And here's, here's what I wanna do tonight. I mean, there's so many more stories like that. That's one of my favorite ones because I just think it's fun. I I actually, my favorite part is the part where he jumps over the counter. But but here's what I want to do. And and honestly, I think this is what it is. I think that Christ in you is the hope of glory. And I think it's sometimes what happens is that people lay hands on you who are carrying a revelation and have fruit attached to that revelation. And when they take that fruit and when they take that grace that they're walking in and they lay hands on you, Maybe, something maybe gets on you, but even more than that, it's like a key. And what it does is it unlocks something and awakens something in you. Something that was always there because Christ is in you. You, you already have access to the whole kingdom. But sometimes you just need an impartation to unlock something that already exists within you. And to awaken something that is lying dormant within you. It's not that it's not there. It says it's not woken up yet. It's not activated yet. It's not brought to life yet. But I just, I just had this vision this afternoon of God giving a key and he wanted to just flick some switches on in people. He just wanted to flick some switches on and cause something to jump to life in you. And so what I want to ask is, for the amazing band to come up. And I love this band. What an incredible band. Thanks, guys. Come on up. And I want to make two calls right now. And uh, there are are so many things I want to pray for you for. And gosh, we just don't have time for everything. But I want to make two calls right now. The first one is... I got saved, AKA, I found Jesus. I found my place in this world. I found my place in His presence. And really, He found me. I did that when I was 19, 2001 in October outside 54 Hobson Road, Albany. And there might be a person or some people here right now tonight And your life, you've been living away from God, feeling alone, feeling like, man, I don't have that place. I haven't found that space. I haven't found my place in His presence yet. And you might have been able to relate to my story a little bit. And your life might not have been as extreme as as mine was, but still, there's this loneliness. There's this gap. There's this space that isn't filled yet. And God wants to show you your space. He wants to actually hold us. He's holding his hand out tonight just saying, hey, come home. Come home. Come just be with me. Come and just be with me. You don't have to do anything for me. We'll have adventures. Don't you worry about it. But just come and be with me. Let me show you your place. Let me show you what you've been looking for your whole life. And God is holding out his hand to you and he's saying, I'm offering you relationship And friendship. I actually want to know you. Would you consider entering into a relationship with me? And I just want every person to just close their eyes right now. And more so for the sake of the person next to you. If you could just do that, that'd be awesome. And if if you're here and you're in that place and you would like to receive Jesus, you would like to receive this offer, this outstretched hand and say, yep, God I do. I do I do want to know you I do want to know you I promise I'm not going to embarrass you I won't call you up on your own I'll call you up when everyone else comes up but if that's you I just want you to lift your hand up in the air. awesome awesome there's three people possibly four three people thank you for lifting your hands up guys that is so cool in a moment I'm going to call a whole bunch of people forward I don't want to single you out so that you're on your own but in a moment I'm going to ask you to, to come up with everyone else and just come stand right up the front here so that I can pray for you and um, also that Gideon can pray for you as well And um, but before we do I just want us all to just, to just pray this prayer after me out loud the whole room just to pray this prayer with me out loud just say this out loud just say Jesus thank you that you love me Thank you for offering me friendship. I want to say yes. I want to say yes to doing life with you. Would you show me where my place is? Show me your presence. Thank you for giving me your heart. I trust you with my heart. I say yes to you, Jesus. Amen.